Outside the Shoot would like to thank one of their sponsors, the Lynx at Penn Hills. If you're a golfer, you're going to want to check out the Lynx at Penn Hills in Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. With nine holes wide open situated along the beautiful Shubenacadie River, and the other nine tucked into woodland, this Les Ferber design is a challenge for the best of golfers. Located just 15 minutes from the Halifax Stanfield International Airport, the Lynx at Penn Hills has become one of the best courses in Nova Scotia. For more information or to book a tee time, go to lynxatpennhills.com. Hey everyone, happy Monday once again and welcome to episode 16 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. First on to the OTC Player of the Week and we're heading to Missouri as Ellie Eckridge from the Hillsboro High Hawks takes home the honors. Ellie went 2-0 on the mound, one of which was a perfect game, along with an amazing 30 strikeouts as well as going 3-4 for four at the plate with a home run. Great job, Ellie, and good luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we're crossing the Confederation Bridge and heading over to beautiful Prince Edward Island and chatting with former Team Canada member and now Team Canada assistant coach, Jeff Ellsworth. Elsie has a long list of accomplishments in the game, which includes five ISC world titles, two Canadian senior men's titles, a three-time ASA champion, an ISF champion in 2015, six-time All-Canadian, five-time All-World team, and an ISC World Tournament MVP, just to name a few. We're going to talk to Elsie about getting his start in the game on the island, starting on the senior circuit with the Summerside Twins, playing his first ISCs with the Westman Alliance out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, as well as his time with the Hill United Chiefs, which still continues to this day in a GM role. This was a great talk with arguably PEI's most decorated fast pitch player ever, and one of the best this country has ever produced. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. go elsie thanks for coming on the podcast buddy thanks for having me how's uh how's things over on the island well the island was pretty good there this summer coached the u12 girls softball and helped out with a bit of baseball had a full season and provincials just happened last weekend and everything's all wrapped up now nice awesome you guys, you guys got a like complete full season in you guys get to start yeah. relatively early yeah we started mid-june and uh we played 14 games. That's a typical schedule here on the island, 14 games, and then uh, a tournament uh, here in Summerside, and then we played Provincials, and that was it. So uh, COVID didn't really affect the, the baseball-softball schedule too much. No, that's because they didn't let anybody on the island, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we heard it all shut it down. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Good idea. How'd you guys make out? Uh, we won the U-12 title. Nice. And the baseball didn't fare out so well, but it was fun, and uh, oh, Caleb learned a lot, so no, it was good. Good summer. Awesome. Excellent. Awesome. Well, I'll start off like I usually do. Uh, how, tell us about getting your start in the game. Uh, <laughs> game and fast pitch. Uh, started when I was really, really young. Uh, Mom actually was, was my coach, and uh, Dad was working a lot down at the harbor and stuff, so he didn't make it out to too much ball, but Mom was there every day, practicing games and stuff like that, and Started off as a shortstop, 
And then uh, I remember we were at one tournament and uh, it was during the local festival. And uh, anyway, shipped me a ball of shortstop and I threw it over to first and buddy was eating his French fries there in the bleachers and <laughs> I overthrew first and hit him right in the side of the head and the French fries went flying. <laughs> so anyway, that was okay. And he was picking them up and she hit me another ground ball of short and just as he picked his head up, didn't I hit him again? <laughs> the, so anyway, she cursed at me and told me to go to the outfield and played the outfield ever since. And that guy's never had a French fry again in his life. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then I was very fortunate later on. Uh, I got on the Summerside Greco Twins here. My first Canadians was in 2000, and uh, we hosted in Summerside in 01. Yeah. And then there was a guy, his name is John Peters from Winnipeg. Um, I didn't play a whole lot in Summerside. I was only young and learned a lot. But uh, the game I did get into play was, ironically enough, against Winnipeg. And he seen me play and when the Canadians were over. I got this phone call from John and he said, uh, do you want to come out here in 2002 and live and work and play ball for me? And it was a no brainer. So oh, got the, yeah. So I got to go out there and meet, meet the boys out there and, and fortunate enough that they played in the North Dakota league down in Fargo. So every Thursday night we would travel down there. It was about a three hour drive and uh, we play a double header and then we come back up to Winnipeg and do that every week. And down there, there's another guy. His name is John Kegel. And he ran an ISC team, and then that's how I get in the ISC loop. The next year was uh, through Kegel. Wow! Wow! Jesus! Yeah, okay. yeah. That networking thing worked well for you for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's for awesome. sure. Yeah. Now that uh, that first nationals you were at with Summerside in two thousand, uh, what do you remember yeah. about that one there? Darren Box hitting three mile, three <laughs> miles long home runs in the home run derby. There was a yeah. there was a big beer tent that dome set up in uh, right center. Yeah. And I just remember him launching them over the dome and I'm like, Holy Lord, I don't know how he's doing that. Yeah. And then the skills the skills competition brought about uh, the fastest runners or whatever and there was Ricky and Stefan LeBlanc from New Brunswick. Yeah. And just got to know and appreciate their speed. So um, the tournament itself was okay. Uh, we made the double life, but didn't medal. But um, it was a good experience for sure. Yeah. Where was that one at? In Summerside. That was in 2000. In, no, the, oh, no, no in 2000 sorry, sorry, sorry. was in Saskas- yeah. Saskatoon. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The following year, 2001, that was, that was in Summerside. That, uh, that must have been a pretty cool experience getting to play so close yeah. to home. Yeah, I was having a lot of family and friends up there, and uh, I was the last out of the tournament. I was listening to Lolly's podcast, and then he said he was the last out of a national championship, yeah. and I was the same thing, but that was in PEI. In our backyard, it was a, a two-mile-an-hour ground ball back to Colin McKenzie, the pitcher from Prince George, oh, and yeah. anyway, threw me out at first in the tournament. Oh, wow. Was, uh, was Turk playing with you guys then? Yeah, Turk, Turk was in the outfield with me, and yeah. uh, and anyway, uh, Turk, was, Turk really... Uh, believes that uh, my outfield playing ability is is because of him because <laughs> I played I played center and he would literally play on the left field line and he would draw a line in the grass about two inches off the line he'd yell at me he'd say he'd say hillbilly I'm like what he said everything from here over is yours and if you don't catch it I'll kill you <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. So what was it? He, he, I never really got to see Turk play, but uh, I heard he was he was pretty good player. Yeah, Turk could hit a ball, and um, Turk Turk he's a competitor, right? Like oh, geez, yeah. you can't ask you can't ask for a better teammate. Uh, Turk took me under his wing and took me a lot of places, and uh, in the, in that old uh, maritime league that we used to have, yeah. and 
Yeah, and uh, Turk, like, he can bring a team together. Like, obviously, you see what he does in the NHL with all the teams that he coaches or plays for. And anyway, he just has that natural ability to bring everybody together and everyone just gravitates around him. And I really, really appreciate everything he did for me in my young career. Right. I remember a story about Turk. Actually, it was in 99. I was in Waterloo and he was playing with Summerside at that time, I believe. And Todd Fresnel and I were sitting on a bank watching uh, a game. And he goes, oh, Jesus, that's Gerard Gallant. I was like, holy shit, it is Gerard Gallant. You know, we're kind of starstruck. And yeah. anyway, he came, he sat, walked right over, sat between the two of us and just sat down and talked to us like he was nobody and we were nobody type thing. And I remember that, uh, yeah. you know, what a great guy that was for sure, man. Like it, when he was in his uh, run there, he was home during the All-Star break. And then I was going somewhere to speak, I think in BC at a, a coaching summit. He was in the airport in Charlottetown, and I, I talked to him for like 20 minutes, but I bet you he went around the whole airport and talked to about 15 or 20 oh, people, wow. just randomly wow. walked. Yeah, he's just a genuine guy, oh, and, yeah. and he's, the real, he's the real deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, this isn't his podcast, yeah. so the hell with him. Let's go with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, that 2002 ISCs that you were talking about where you went with Winnipeg, that was the that was your first one, and you actually yeah. got named to the All World Team. It's uh, a pretty pretty good debut for you. What? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a fun tournament. Langer, Steve Langley was with me in that tournament. He he actually uh, lived at Winnipeg with me that summer, and uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun. And I remember it was in Kitchener, it was in Kitchener Waterloo, and uh, we faced a lot of good pitching early on. So we didn't, I don't think we did that well. We we only ended up finishing like in like top twenty four or something like that. But mm-hmm. we did play a big game at the end, and uh, Chad Boom was was a pretty good pitcher at the time, and I hit my first home run off uh, off Chad, and I still let him know to this day that <laughs> that happened, but. Uh, <laughs> But it was a it was an eye opening experience because it's a it's a tournament at a different level. There's tons of teams, there's lots of parks, there's fans, and yeah. no, it was it was a great experience. Yeah. Now, in 2004, were you named to the national team before nationals, or was it after nationals? Yeah, uh, it was immediately. I think it was immediately after the Canadian Championships. I got oh. an email from Ray Kelly. and then uh, got invited up there. It was the same. It was the same year. I think Steve Langley had went. Right. And uh, the camp was the camp was in Kitchener, and I I remember getting off the plane. I'm like, "What the sweet, gentle Jesus am I doing? Come to this?" <laughs> and Jody Ike, your Ryan Wolf, your Todd Mertens, your Dean yeah. Holines, and Corey Garoos, and I'm like, "Sweet love of God!" And I don't. I think there was seven hitting stations set up, and the only time I struck the ball is when it was on the tee. I was that nervous. Oh. And if it wasn't, and if it wasn't for Ryan Wolf pulling me aside after the first day and just having a talk with me and just saying, "Look, you're here for a reason. They notice something. Don't try to be like all these other guys. Just be yourself and do what you do." And the next day was total 360. They just took off from there. Right on. Yeah. So what was it? Yeah. What was the feeling like when when you got that that call to you know be on the national team? That must have been a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, it was. I, I, I remember as if it was yesterday, I was at the rink in Alberton and uh, my number popped up on my phone and uh, it was a 902 number. I just thought it was somebody local, like from Alberton. And anyway, it was Mark Smith and he said, uh, yeah, just call him and let you know that uh, you've been selected on the national team to go to Mexico for the first event. And anyway, he's going on with all these details. I'm like, Smitty, I said, I don't mean to be rude, but there's no way I'm going to retain any of this information because I'm so excited right now. I will call you back. <laughs> so, and then, <laughs> And then I got on the phone and called a bunch of people, and uh, yeah, it was it was a tremendous feeling. Wow, good for you. And what was that? That what was that first tournament like for you? I, it was good. It was uh, it was down in Mexico. It was an eye opener for sure because I remember we went down and uh, 
the first the first time we went to the where they were supplying the food. Oh my gentle Jesus! <laughs> they lifted up the first tray and there's nothing but white maggots underneath it. I'm oh like, what God. are we doing? What, oh. what do we do with this? So anyway, we ate at McDonald's breakfast, noon, and supper <laughs> every day the whole duration we were down there. Like we were legends going into McDonald's. Like we had pins and tattoos and stuff, and we were giving them out. And once word got around her, Brasilia, holy Christ! Wow. They're there. They, yeah, they're there in droves. But uh, the tournament itself was uh, it was disappointing. We lost in uh, extra innings to uh, the Mexico or sorry Venezuela, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. But uh, no, it was it was good. It uh, it lit the fire for sure. That burned for a lot of years. Right on. Yeah. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here to to 2010 when uh, yep. you're, you're with the Fawcett's and you guys host at nationals yep. that uh, yep. uh, we were there with Brookfield. And I mean, the atmosphere around the, around the city that week was, was pretty cool. I mean, and then for you guys to pull off a silver medal, that, that was amazing. Tell us about that tournament. You know, hats off to, uh, to Dougie Hines and, and Mark Arsenal and Chris Craig and Jane McDonald, all those guys pulling it together. And um, that just walking into the park and having the success that we had, like Chris Craig was on fire that week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he got named to the all Canadian team that week. And Mark Arsenal had some big hits for us. And, and Trevor Easter, Holy Lord. He was like a Newfoundland killer that week. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, what it was, but anyway, we, we played well when we needed to. And then we had the, the silver back there, <laughs> Kelly Winstrom catching. Um, <laughs> I think he was like 86 at the time or something like that. But, uh, anyway, he, he, he caught on real all week and it just, all the stars aligned for us, um, over the course of those seven days. And, yeah. you know, the last, the last game we were playing at Powerhouse Kitchener and, um, with like the likes of Jody, like Ryan Wolf and all these guys. And, but anyway, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, my only, my only, uh, discouraging part of it, the whole thing was that I kicked out in the finals. It was like in the fourth inning and Jody, I, he came home and he got tagged out at home in my opinion anyway. And then he looked at me in the outfield and winked and I just snapped and I came <laughs> in from the outfield and anyway, I pinned the umpire against the backstop and anyway, I got the old heave Oh shit! Wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. I didn't know that story. Either. That was also the year of the hurricane, was it not? In two thousand. That was yeah. that was yeah. that was the shot. That was the game against Newfoundland where Bradley Ezekiel hit. I don't know how many home runs, but then they kept hitting them into the wind, and they go yeah. straight up. And then Robbie Geezer, I don't know how many got in center field. That's right. But uh, yeah, no, it was just meant to be. Who uh, who was on? Who was the pitching staff for you guys that year? Uh, Trevor Ethier uh, was number one. Frank Cox was there. And then uh, it was the locals. Uh, Mitch Hardy was on on the roster. Then Chris Craig threw a little bit. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that uh, must have been a pretty good party after, though. Yeah. No. It, it definitely was. You get a silver medal for your province. Oh yeah. The yeah. Little, little old PEI was. It was. Yeah. No. It was, it was a great party downtown. Yeah. I'm sure oh. Seth would weasel his way in there somewhere to to get <laughs> yeah. a, get a couple free beer. Uh, oh, he was there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hooter. Yeah. So that uh in twenty twelve you were with uh, Newfoundland there. Was was that your first senior yeah. senior Nats win? Yes, that was in uh, Fredericton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was the one where we got the front row seat to watch uh, Lolly uh get everybody yeah, on his back and, and hit all those home runs and like it was just if he got jammed it went out. If he hit it off the end of the bat it went out. Like I don't know I never seen anything like that in my life, but I wish we would have been able to win it on the field. Mm. Um but getting rained out at the hotel and stuff like that, it was a good win, but it didn't really feel you know what I mean? Like to yeah. win it on the field is totally different. But actually Lolly Sorry. Lolly and Hilly both said the same thing. They said they wish they could have yeah. won it on the field for yeah. sure. 
Yeah, yeah. But and then you know what? Donnie Scott was going to go against us in the final, yeah. and sweet Jesus, Donnie was throwing hard that tournament too. So it would have been a great final. Yeah, for sure. And we're not allowed to yeah. talk about Lolly anymore on the podcast because every time we talk, <laughs> fucking, it's all about Fredericton. <laughs> Sorry, Lolly, we like you, but that's enough. No more. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but no, like like you said, that it must have been a little bit disheartening, like not to win it on the field, even if, especially for your first one. Yeah, and 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 Newfoundland talked about how how uh, special it would be, and they chased the championship for a lot of years and stuff like that. And they were looking forward to the celebration, and we're all at the hotel, and then Johnny Hill gives us the word that they called the tournament off and award us the championship, that sort of thing. And yeah. you know, there was a, there was a celebration at the hotel, obviously, but uh, it would it would have been way better at the field. Yeah. Now we we touched on it with uh, Todd Martin there last week because uh, we talked about this uh, tournament. Did uh, at that time did you? have the feeling that the the news were going to go on the run like they they are now absolutely they you know seeing them boys come up through uh your ezekiel boys uh hill malali uh then the boldens come up through like shane boland that time in fredericton he was real young and he, yeah. he's just on the cuffs of being the superstar that he is and you know then they're still they're still the dominant powerhouse right now mm. and they they got the experience and they got sean cleary on the mound and they got colin walsh coming up and they do their program out there the right way their league is run right they they separate the boys and they make sure the teams are even they have good quality ball all summer long and what a difference is making for those athletes just look at the number of athletes that are in the, the athletes pool yeah from yeah. from the from the province of newfoundland it's a, it's amazing yeah 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 they're it's it's ridiculous to run their own right now <laughs> yeah 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 any uh is there any men's ball going on on the island right now at all no, there's not a lot, and uh, unfortunately, like the Canada Games got postponed a year, so we were yeah. supposed to have a Zoom meeting tonight, and we we're going to talk. Like as of yesterday, we weren't sending the team to the boys oh. uh, Canada Games, so now having another year to maybe get our ducks in a row. But there's nobody pitching it here. There's nobody playing it here, unfortunately, and it just takes like a Mark Arsenault or a Morgan Murphy or something like that yeah. that puts their heart and soul into it, and no one's really stepping up to do it right now. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yep. Uh, I want to talk a little bit of your time with the uh, Hill United. Lolly and Chelsea yep. talked about it on here already about, you know, how cool experience and especially the, like, you know, the how well the organization is, is run there. Maybe uh, you can touch on a little bit. You know, Pete and Kenny and Big B and all the sponsorship there, Timmy, and, you know, they treat you first class all the way. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're the number one player in the team to the number 15 player in the team or if you're a backup catcher. Everybody gets treated the same. And, you know, they they, they promote a family environment. They're, they're a big family themselves, the Hills. They're very close to, on the res up there. And they run their organization the exact same way. And I got a tremendous amount of respect for them. And, you know, we we bought into the what they were selling back in uh, 2000 and I think it was 2012, whenever they first started the organization there. And the boys just want to stay there and play with each other just because of the, the family atmosphere. And it's it's been a wild ride. And unfortunately, last two summers ago was my last year. But then this summer, they asked me to be the head coach and GM of the organization. And I said, absolutely, whatever you need. And I was looking forward to that this past summer, but, um, but COVID happened. So we'll have to wait another year, but they're, they're gung ho. They're, they're wanting to go to Florida in January and Mexico in April and do a full schedule next year. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like to, uh, the coach, 
the boy that I played with for a lot of years. It's going to be unique. So as like for a GM responsibility, like are you, they, do they give you full reins like to bring in who you want or? Yeah. Yeah. If there's anybody that comes off the prawn list, that's going to fit our uh, vision and mission and goals and objectives. And if they're going to fit and get along with everybody, yes, absolutely. Um, approach them, see, see what the, the deal is and then approach sponsorship, approach Pete and, and talk it over with him. And anyway, Pete's, if we're on board with it, myself and John Hill, then he's going to be on board with it. So, oh, man, that's awesome. uh, we're, yeah, we're always on the lookout right now for uh, for anybody that's going to fit. So, this past summer, we actually signed Isaac Lafave. He played junior for me. Oh yeah, and, yeah I know and, that is. Yeah, yeah, and and Avery Arsenal. So we're we're getting kind of older and and we needed some extra wheels on the bench so that's yeah. something that we didn't have before so we were very uh, fortunate to land those two guys and then we picked up another uh kid from uh australia callum bichel another young superstar so we were adding a bit of youth to the veterans and it was going to be an exciting summer that's awesome wow hopefully we get to yeah. go the next summer yeah yeah Man. the way he had yeah. pushing back canada games was kind of a big deal this week yeah, yeah. With all the infrastructure they probably had left, and you know, and just to make the facility safe, and another yeah. year probably. As long as they did, I was just worried they were going to change the age, and then some athletes wouldn't have an opportunity to go. But they yeah. kept the ages for all the sports, which is great. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Now I gotta. I I'm probably gonna get in shit for talking about this because we talk about it all the time. But the winning senior nats with the mastodons. What? Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. We talk about it a lot on here, obviously, but uh, for you, it must have been a pretty cool experience for you, especially with the like the long ties with you had with the boys from around here and them winning their first one. What uh, what was your takeaway from from that title? Well, just as you mentioned that, I got goosebumps on my arms right now because that one obviously it meant the most. Um, just because PEI is so close to Nova Scotia and we've been battling the Maritime Leagues before and, and just knowing like how hard it is for PEI, Nova Scotia, and Brunswick to get to a final, let alone win it. Yeah. And then you're up you're up against Newfoundland, the powerhouse at that time, and, and you know, and they picked up Matty Waugh and they're loaded and stacked. And, you know, it's just, it was an amazing week. The boys all bought in. Schofield pitched his arse off. And, you know, Jason Sanford behind the plate with his leadership. And just, yeah. yes, it was unreal. And you know what? I'm not just saying this because I'm on here. Hoping you guys made all the right decisions all week long. And we just got the hits at the right time. And, you know, gold medal around our necks and partying out in Saskatoon. Yeah, exactly. I will say, I know that we still even talk about it. Like, having you there and your leadership was a, was a big part of that win for us because, like we got to play with you in Quebec that one year and then you missed the next year and then came back with us for Saskatoon. Um, Duff talks about it all the time. He's always about, you know, we need another LZ. Well, I don't know if there is another LZ out there, but the leadership that you brought to the table for us was a, a big aspect of us winning that gold medal for sure. And I'll never forget that. And I'll certainly always appreciate that. So I thank you again. Yeah, no problem. I think, I think what the boys back home is they got to realize it's, it's the confidence. I think, like for someone like myself to tell them that yes, he can win. Like it's just they needed that little confidence. So skill wise, they could play with anybody in the country skill wise. But you got to believe it. That's right. And and the boys after the first couple of games, I, I forget who we played. It was a close game, I think, or we beat a good team early on. Then you can see see the light bulb and everybody's head go off and and you know what they started to believe like yeah we can yeah that's very and true. then just Newfoundland I think they beat us in the round robin correct but it was very they close did, yeah yep yeah. Yeah, and you know what? That that just even proved it right there. Yeah, we can bang with anybody, and you know what? We are going to do this, and that's that's all it is. So, yeah, no, sure. the, the boys had an amazing week. 
Yeah. Thanks for uh, coming on the East Hans Mastodons podcast. Okay. <laughs> no problem. And bully, I, bully, go fuck yourself. Actually, Elsie, I wanted to, I wanted to rewind a little bit. That uh, oh, we talked about it, uh, Saskatoon with Team Canada when you guys beat New Zealand in yep. the ISF finals. Uh, yeah. Just uh, maybe touch on that game from your perspective because. I I went back and watched the game, and of course, you know, Lolly had the big game and everything. Yeah. But uh, like from your perspective, how was the atmosphere there? Well, my take on this is Johnny Stewart calling that time in front of the bench. Obviously, Lolly hitting the bombs was huge, but I think Johnny lit the spark in every one of us because after they get up a few runs, if you watch the game, you'll see a lot of shoulders go down, a lot of heads. Oh, yeah. Down. Yeah. And it wasn't until Coach Stewart called us all in in front of the bench and got us all fucking fired up. Yeah. And that's all it took. We knew we could score runs. Like, Honey Shannon, he's not going to break a plane of glass. Like, he doesn't throw hard, but it moves. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just something needed to be said at that time, and it was just, it was perfect timing. And when they made the pitch and change and the decision they made to go with the hometown hero, in my mind, I would love to ask Johnny, and I never did. That was probably another strategic move to get the fans into it, yeah. to get us to get us all fired up, yeah. And to this day, for him making that uh, that change, that was huge. And then obviously that little bonfire on the lollies airs. And mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, he, he he went off. And you know, in that game too, like it goes unnoticed. Matty Waugh. Matty Waugh, I don't think got out. Brad Ezekiel, big right. big home runs. You know, but he was huge as well. So. It was it was a combination of things, and you know it was just one of those I'll never forget coming from behind, and I got a picture of the scoreboard in my office downstairs, and yeah. it was just it was just unreal. It says a lot for Coach Stewart to be able to light a fire under a bunch of adult men, yeah. like to get them fired up for sure. <laughs> Coach Stewart and Les and Johnny Hill, yeah, you could you couldn't ask for like a better trio of coaches that sort of they just complement one another. And neither one of them speak over and above each other. It was just like they got the perfect chemistry. Nice. And at that and at that time, and then it rolled right into the Pan Am games. And geez, it was it yeah, was that unreal. was awesome too. Oh, yeah, were you surprised yeah. to see Heine Shannon come back into that game? Because he, he, you were the first one he faced when he came back in, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think it was one of those things where you go with your veteran. I think a lot of guys might have been intimidated, intimidated in that situation. And Heine's been there, done that sort of thing, and he mm-hmm. can throw strikes and throw the off-speed stuff and. You know you're not going to blow a bias, so I think they thought it was the best chance. But anyway, it was uh, another coaching decision that they made, and anyway, they they made the wrong one, and mm. good for us. Yeah, yeah, really good for us. Yeah. Before we move on, outside the shoot, we'd like to thank one of their sponsors, Prodigy Sports, located at Nine Simmons Road in Bedford, Nova Scotia. Prodigy Sports is your leading supplier of team, league, and school sporting good products. Prodigy Sports prides itself in its unique working relationships with all the major name brands in the athletic industry and has an extremely close working relationship with sporting good manufacturers around the world. This combination makes Prodigy Sports your number one supplier of sports equipment, clothing, and supplies. Please join them by looking further into their website, prodigy-sports.com, and discovering the world of Prodigy Sports right at your fingertips. If you have any questions about their company or any of their products, please feel free to contact them at 902-446-4645. 
So yep. speaking about pitchers, uh, besides myself, who would be the toughest pitcher you faced? Jesus <laughs> Framer, I've seen this morning on Facebook. Yeah. Did you see years that? old, striking out 16-year-olds. Yeah. Hey, hey, i gotta, I got to <laughs> post them right. when I can. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, the video stopped after two strikes. Where's the third one? He's talking about... <laughs> Did he? Right on. They ran out of they ran out of uh, time, I guess. <laughs> There's no tape yeah. left in the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Toughest pitcher I ever faced by far, hands down, Todd Martin. I think I got one hit in my career off Todd Martin, and for some reason, I could not figure it out. He'd quick pitch me. He'd just go to the top of the top of the circle in the in the air motion and snap it in there. Change up at I think there's one at bat. I think he threw me nine change-ups in a row. I just got fouled them off. I said, there's no way he's throwing another one. Fouled yeah, it off, fouled it off. Marty loves yeah. the flip change. <laughs> oh, my sweet, gentle Jesus. Anyway, he's he, and I played on the on the on uh, my first ISC title. Todd Martin come off the bench to relieve Frank Cox, and he's just, like, going out there, chest stuck out. Oh, yeah. And he says, like, give, give me the ball, and, you know, he, you know nothing's going to happen now. Like, we got it sort of thing. And he's just a fucking beauty he's a warrior and oh, yeah. i just had a tremendous amount of respect for him but he's he's one of the ones that i can never figure out and then obviously kirkpatrick kirkpatrick's the left-hander and yeah. he just throws well past the speed limit and he's just one of the best in the game of all time yeah yeah for right sure it's, yeah. it's fun to watch him yep. so yep. what uh what led to the you know hanging the cleats up was it injuries pretty much or or you, you just wanted yeah. to get in the coaching side a little of both. I think after, like, as an athlete, you set a you set a dream goal that's going to fire your your fuel for a lot of years. And I had the dream goal to win gold medals at Team Canada in 2015. When that happened, it's like, well, now it's time to reevaluate. So obviously, you want to do it again, but you know how long it took to get to that point. And then, ironically enough, a coaching opportunity came about. And I always explain it that back in 2004 or five, whenever I started with the national team, my candle was about seven feet round and about a hundred feet high and it burned for a lot of years. But then after 2015, it seemed like it burnt out. Mm. And then all of a sudden I got into coaching and now my coaching candle is twice the size of my playing candle ever thought of being. And I think I just get the enjoyment out of trying to prepare athletes to give them the experience that I had. Right. And that's why the, that's why the junior men's program is so fun. It's just like, these are the guys here that, in the five, six, seven years time, they're going to be in your shoes trying to do what you did for your country. That's and that, awesome. that just fires me right up. Yeah. That's wicked. Yeah. Man. That's wicked. Yeah. So yeah. you, you were at three junior, was it three occasions that you were with the yeah. junior program? Yeah. We were in Midland, Michigan. Then we were fortunate enough to host in, uh, in PA and then most recent here in, uh, in New Zealand. Uh, the one in New Zealand now didn't, didn't go so well. Uh, we just, Injury bug. You just never yeah. know when you get to an international event in the off season. Our catcher took a ball between the legs and and tore his scrotum, oh, and then in, B, in in BP, our number three hitter got a ball in the face and broke his nose and two eyes swelled shut. And then our leadoff batter dies in the second base and breaks his finger. Jesus. So we're and then our number one thrower is running in the outfield at the host hotel doing a practice and steps in a hole, rolls his ankle. Oh, so it was just a, yeah, it was a combination of things that a lot of people just don't know because you don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah we finished yeah, seventh, yeah. we shit the bed. Well, yeah. no, we we move on. But that's the beauty of the junior program is that it's always a new program. It's every two years, new athletes are coming yeah. in, and that's that's a lot of fun. And uh, for the next guy that's going to walk in there to that program, I wish them all the best, and it's uh, going to be a life changing experience. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. 
Now, I, I heard a little funny story about down in New Zealand that uh, before the games got to start, uh, Brody Frazier's dad, Jeff, you had to get him to ump the game. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, <laughs> yeah, we we, uh, we did a tour uh, of New Zealand, and, and Quinter, uh, Coach Quinn, he, Mark Quinn, he taught down there, and he lined up some exhibition games and stuff like that. So we did that in a few different communities, but one uh, one exhibition series, uh, no umpire showed up. So uh, it was against the Americans, so he, he, he had to get his clicker out, and uh, he had to do the game for us. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, tell us about uh, coaching with the USSA pride there in the women's pro league what was that what was that experience like that's you know that was probably one of my most i learned the most that summer let's put it that way coach alameda at florida state is a genius when it comes to softball and she was the head coach that year and the stuff that she taught me on the scouting side her scouting charts her spray charts and how to analyze data and how to prepare a strategy and all that fun stuff it's it's out of this world and i think two years ago they won the national championships and travis wilson from new zealand she's he's on her coaching staff down there and i can see exactly why they win they're a winning organization and the athletes down there i didn't know what to expect (laughs) it was my my first time down there and i'm pitching BP or whatever. And they say, uh, do you want a screen? I'm like, no, I'll be fine. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> this, uh, this, uh, Wiggins, Megan Wiggins gets in there and she laces one. I don't know what's in their back. They get from Rawlings down there, but she laced one back and they caught me on my pitching elbow. I'm like, Holy F. So anyway, that's all right. I go in, get iced up. I come back out. I start pitching again. Now I'm behind a screen that just has the little square in it. And uh, so anyway, I throw a ball to this uh, other athlete. And anyway, she hits me right in the same spot. I'm like, holy, that hurts. <laughs> so just up the road, there's a play against sports. I go in there and I get a hockey elbow pad. I come back to practice the next day. Sure enough, if I didn't have the elbow pad on, I got hit in the exact same spot again. Like these these women could hit. Yeah. Like they could just flat. Lauren Chamberlain, she's like the all-time yep. home run leader. Like yep. she was on the team. When she hits the ball, it's just a different sound. It's just, it's amazing. And then they had the likes of Olympic hopeful, uh, Shelby Penley and, and Kat Osterman was around the organization a little bit. And Kalani Ricketts who pitches with team USA and you're dealing with all the elite down in the U S and it was, it was a great franchise. We ended up losing actually, um, in the finals that year, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was just like major league baseball really. Cause you had two days off a month and all the other times you were either uh, playing or traveling to the next city that you were playing in. So how long's the season there? Uh, it, we, I went down in uh, May for sp- spring training, and then it starts like the last week of May to go all June, all July, and then the World Series is in mid-August. Wow, man. Oh, okay, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah Elsie, they, did you yep. also coach overseas somewhere, like Italy or something, if I remember correctly? Yeah. So I was a hitting coach of the Spanish women's national team. Yeah. And, uh it was a it was a unique experience. They uh, their national team program consisted of athletes that were eighteen, nineteen years old, and then they had some like forty two, forty three year olds. And <laughs> their head coach was from Cuba. Their pitching coach was from Argentina. Their hitting coach was from Canada. So that just tells you right there, like how much they were being taught in their own country. Oh yeah. So they had hopes and dreams and aspirations of making this here Olympics that's coming up, but they there's like they're battling Italy and all those powerhouse countries that they're they're no way they're near there yet, but they're in the right direction. Well, that's good. Good experience for you as well. 
That's yeah, incredible. yeah. It's, again, I got to see that part of the world. I, I think I went down there on three separate occasions for two or three weeks on a lick, and uh, they, they work hard. They want it. Like they, yeah. they're pretty passionate about their softball over there. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, I think they're a few years away yet. Oh well, right on. Now, now, now you're with the men's national team. Uh, yep. Do you think that's going to be a little bit different, considering you you played with most of these guys, or or? Do you think that it's just going to be along the same lines as you, you know, because you were, you were pretty much their captain for a lot of years. Yeah. That's, and that's why coaching Hill United this past summer would have been yeah, so key. Sure. It's just right. how, and the coach with John Hill and see what it was going to be like to coach a lot of the athletes that you play with. But in talking to Johnny Stewart and talking to Dougie and Dougie and uh, Doug Allen and Les and John, and, you know, I'm just going to come in with a role. And my role is to help the athletes, I think, with the hitting, uh, do a little charting and scouting and stuff like that. And, you know, learn as much as I can from the veteran coaches that are there. Yeah. Uh, not coming in to change the culture or nothing like that. I'm just going to keep pulling the rope in the same direction as the boys. And whatever is asked of me, that's, that's going to be my role. Yeah, that's good. Good for you. Yep. Yep. Right on. I want to jump into uh, a little uh, hitting tool that you created, Exit Swing. Uh, yeah. How would you, you come up with that? Well, that's ironic enough. It was on the, that first trip down to Mexico. Um, the whole squad didn't really hit that well down there. We ended up making the final, but I remember Ryan Wolf hit a, a solo shot to win a game one nothing down there. So we weren't pounding the ball. And Coach Smith come back to the plane. He says, we really need everybody to figure out the hitting or some guys are not going to be back. So I took that as well. Jesus, that's going to be me because I'm new on the team. And I got to figure it out. So anyway, this one day I seen there's an athlete on TV swinging the bat underwater. And I'd say, that's pretty cool. That resistance or whatever. Yeah. So I just taped the, taped the towel on the end of the bat and swung that around. And anyway, it sort of provided the same resistance. And I started bringing it with me to this place and that place. And then I started doing clinics and kids liked it, but they didn't really like the look of it. So I had to design something that could easily slip on and off of that. And something that was small enough, not a beach towel that, kids could use and so right. anyway we come up with the three different styles and away we went and how's that going now is it still going well for you it was going well up until covid yeah, um obviously bitch. with baseball it <laughs> <laughs> with baseball slowing down and softball around the world but uh it's picking up a little bit there now again our contract with goriel jr it yeah. brought out, but uh we have fuck it we still have it on our website <laughs> and uh until they tell us <laughs> to take it down we'll we'll keep it on there that's right <laughs> yeah so how was how was yeah. the experience on dragon's den Oh my sweet Jesus! I don't get intimidated very often, but when the little yeah. girls at five, four, three, two, one, dragons are waiting, I couldn't feel my fucking feet. <laughs> so I'm wa- so I'm walking to the top of the stairs, and I'm like, I got to hold on to the rail, and so I'm holding on to the rail and down the steps. And the first guy I looked at was Jim, and he had the most pissed off look on his face. He did not <laughs> want to be there. And the show itself showed that we're like it's a bit of, what eight minute clip of yeah. us in the den. We we're in there an hour and a half. Holy shit, really? And I guarantee you, I had five liters of water all over me. I was sweating that much. Like, I can talk about exit speed, but I don't really know the business side of things. So I was very mm-hmm. lucky that my business partner, Jeff Keogh, my brother-in-law, was with me. And yeah. Shalesy was there, too. That helped a lot. Oh, that's yeah. right, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, having Shalesy there talking in his accent. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. what was... Uh, what was the outcome of that? Like you got to, if you're allowed to speak about yeah, it. Yeah. If you're allowed. We're sure, yeah. Right? Yeah. We, uh, on the show, we hooked a deal with Arlene, but it, uh, it fell through with due diligence after the fact she wanted to, uh, 
like do this and do that and change the agreement and all this stuff. And we just said, no, we're going to go in a different direction. And uh, you hear a lot of times the people that were on the dim that other investors step up. So actually another investor did step up. Oh, good. We, we signed yeah, we signed them on for the same arrangement that Arlene made on the show, so it uh, it worked out in our favor. And that's oh, how geez, we were that's able good. to. Yeah, that's how we were able to sign Goriel Jr. Oh, good, good. Oh, nice. Good. Yep, yep. And for our listeners, he's still on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sweet, man. All right, we're gonna go into a little thing where I name a player, and you can. Uh, yep. You can give a little spiel on them. Okay. All right. First one is uh, Steve Langley. Steve Langley. Uh, Langer and I have been through a lot. Um, anyway, Winnipeg and anyway, Langer's a gamer. Like Langer on PEI here or Winnipeg, you're always going to get 100% from Langer. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he likes he likes the game. He loves the game and he studied the game. And, you know, what I like about Langer right now is that his son is having a lot of uh, – success like he had i don't know if you know yeah, this or not yeah but i know it's yeah, online yeah. out there yeah yeah so he's having a started off a great ball career and he's bigger than langer so anyway he's uh, he's gonna have a great career but langer was always there for me and i got a lot of respect for langer when we went to that first camp in kitchener and anyway langer stuck beside me whenever he could when he wasn't pitching and yeah no i'll, I'll always remember that nice. right on uh next is ryan wolf oh game changer it wasn't for Ryan Wolf for a lot of athletes, and I listened to like Molly said the same thing. Yeah. And Lyle, Wolf has been my idol for forever, and he always will be my idol. And when he retired, it was a sad day for the game. And in my opinion, best of all time. No one will ever come close. All around, best player of all time, Ryan Wolf. Wow, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I was so happy he wasn't playing in that game against Kitchener. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Randy, and the fun- can't talk about that. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, next is uh, Jamie McDonald. Holy <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jamie, J-Mac McDonald. You know what? Every team has one of those. The thing with Jamie though, is Jamie had, sk- Jamie had skills, Yeah. but he, he, he liked to clown around. He liked to joke around and you know, that brought the team together. And, but you know what? When the game needed a big hit, a yep. bunt or whatever, like the size of him, he could bump the ball and beat anybody down the first base. Yeah. Like he just, he just could do it all. And then to make a big play in the outfield, like, I've seen him make some big plays and you know what? He's, he's, he's loud. He's funny as hell. And when he did that worm in the huddle before every game <laughs> to make everybody laugh, it was, that, yeah. that's legendary stuff right yeah, there. He's a yeah. beauty for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, guy you had on Dragon's Den with you, Nick Shales. Dickhead. <laughs> no. <laughs> Great skater. You know, sh- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it this way: you're not going to see him at the Winter Olympics. You're fucking sure. <laughs> so, but oh my god! Like right now, like he's just like he's Mister Clutch. He's the, the defensive plays. You remember that play he made off Shane Bolin in the final? Hope he, Do I remember? Like just, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's just crazy. Was it off? No, it was off Bradley. And then Shane. No, Shane no. Came up and hit the home run, or vice versa. No, no. Bradley hit the home run. It was off. Shane. Yeah, Bradley yeah. hit the. Yeah. yeah. So like just. I don't know. He sees the game at another level. Um, his He's a great student of the game, and he always still wants to learn, and I know he's old as fuck now, and he's still learning. And Anyway, he's just he's just a solid all-around guy, and congratulations to him just having their, yeah. their latest son, son, Sawyer, and he's doing great. And uh, Shale is just a beauty, and uh, he's got a long career ahead of him yet. He's going to break. You know what? I'm going to say it right now. 
he's going to have the most ISE all world titles in the history of the game. My opinion. Really? Yeah. He's going to, he's, he's going he's to break the record. Yeah. He's That's just, a big one. Shalesy. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. No pressure. Shalesy. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my last one here, uh, local guy that you would have coached on team Canada, Brody Frazier. Uh, Brody's a beauty, man. He's just Brody would, you know what? Whenever we were coaching the junior men's uh, national team, I could call up Brody, say, here, come to PEI, be here in three hours. Let's do a practice session. He'd be here. And, you know, he had a role going into the junior men's, like uh, pitch whenever I need you, maybe to mop up the game or the game gets out of control. And he just accepted any role that he had. And one thing I remember about Brody is before the world junior started, we, we actually have one-on-one meetings with the athletes. And Brody's one of the only ones that smiled during the whole meeting and nodded his head up and down. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I'll take anything you got to offer. If it's one inning or if it's a hundred innings, he said, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And I got a lot of respect for him and uh, and the whole family there, the Frazier family. And uh, it was a real joy to coach him. Yeah, he's a great kid. Yeah, we're very lucky yep. to have him in our community because he's pitching yes, in our league yes. too. So it's fantastic. He's a he's an up and coming mastodon uh-huh. for sure. Uh, that's good. Good to hear. Yeah. Listen, Elsie, one question I want to ask you, and it's kind of, uh, this is around, you know, how do we promote our sport more? Um, because, you know, currently in East Hans, we we're building, you know, we have U8, U10, U12, U6, in fact, U14. Next year, we, there's a possibility to have a U19 and a U23 team with Canada Games being next year as well. Um, but we don't have a lot of people to play against. Like we can't go to PEI and play yeah. somebody or we, in New Brunswick, they canceled their league this summer in the men's league. Like how do we get the game back to where there's kids playing more and not playing soccer, not playing baseball, but actually playing fast pitch. I think in my opinion is that the provincial sport organizations have to reach out to the alumni. And what, what I mean by that is Mark Quinn right now, like has a program down in Stratford and it's for U12, U14 boys. And I think he has enough for two or three teams. Yeah. And, you know, I think in like New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, like there's, there's people in every province that are going to have to get out and work with the provincial sport organization and offer camps and clinics just for boys only, but have the guys that's been in the Canada uniform or played high level at provincial or even Canada games and have those guys do the clinics. But then there's got to have to be somebody to step up and say, Hey, even if it's going to be two teams, we're going to actually play against each other all summer. And then, you know what, the next year, well, let's have three teams and that let's have four teams. But one of the reasons why we had a lot of success up where I come from the West end of the Island is that we kept hosting tournaments Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the, and the little, and the little boys in the community that were really young, they said, well, I want to play that someday. So the next year, whenever the U10 program came around, well, I want to play this because of the U14 tournament that we had here last summer. Right. So I think it's a combination of things, but I really think in every province, to grow the men's game, there's got to be more of the alumni go out and offer these camps and clinics and talk about experiences and opportunities and stuff like that because I don't think the boys know of the opportunities that exist in our sport. No, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, because I have a nephew, yeah. in fact, that plays baseball, and my brother-in-law will be pissed off that I'm talking about this right now, but I said to him, I said, you know, when sure, baseball is good, and I'm glad kids are playing ball or kids are doing something, but when you get to, uh, you know, a 16, 17, 18-year-old, you have opportunities to represent your province, to go to other provinces, you know, to play Canada games, to play in national tournaments, to play Eastern Canadians, whatever it might be more than you would in playing baseball. No question. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yep. Uh, they don't understand. And, it. And, and Mark has a good thing going down there too, because he has it on a night. And I think he worked it out with baseball PEI where let's say if it's a Sunday morning between, I don't know, 
nine and 11 or if it's whatever that they don't offer baseball games at that time. So baseball kids can actually come and join the softball kids. Oh, right. Right. Seriously. So they get a taste. Yeah. They get a taste of both. It's sort of the way we run a provincial program here. If we do a provincial U14 program on a Wednesday night, Mm -hmm. there's no other U14 games going on. So you don't sort of, you try to work with the other sports. Yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 It doesn't interfere. I gotcha. Right on. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Ozzy, that's uh, we can wrap her up now. Uh, I'm like, Thank you for coming on. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I wish you best of luck with the with the men's national team. That's going to be a little different different suit for you, but I'm sure you'll you'll succeed like you did in your playing days. Yeah, no, looking forward to that, and just hopefully now that WBSC will give us the green light, and as long as it's safe, I guess no yeah. one wants to go out there when mm-hmm. the world's the way it is right now. And mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully this COVID thing will screw off here sooner or later. Yeah, and if you still have a pitching spot on your uh, Hill United team, non-prom player, Randy Frame's only forty-two. <laughs> well, you can you can you can come up to a tryout and you can battle uh, the pitching staff there. We, you can battle Paul yeah. Carp Burns and uh, Nick yeah. Leaveca or whatever. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I'll, I'll just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elsie. All right, buddy. Elsie, always a pleasure, right, Paul. Yeah. Take care. All right, see you guys. See you guys. Bye bye. sophisticated and all I ever needed was financial security to make sure that this music wouldn't murder me I grew up on Snoop Dogg and put a premiere the music with them both so I feel like the goal's fulfilled invested every dollar saved the music for real put it all in real estate and stock and it steadily builds now my family is good so the goals change roles change I'm looking at it different now with old age time used to move slow now fly fast you can always get your money but can never get your time back I be stuck in my ways I be feeling some way Never change for a thing Yeah, you got it Ain't got no one to blame Cause I ride my own way Had to find my own way Yeah, you got it Kinda rusting around To the ups and the downs But well, well, you know that's true You know I'm stuck in my own ways It's a trip, but I love it Buzz ain't buzzing like it used to be. I see these other guys are racking up more views than me. I used to have that attitude, like let me prove my peace. Now I'm like, it's cool with me. Maybe I'm just too fatigued. There's no debate.